Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and we are back for the latest and last Pittsburgh Steelers postgame podcast of this 2021-2022 season where the Steelers fall flat against the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium. We'll put it that way in the wildcard round of these AFC playoffs. We're going to break down this loss. And joining me as always, Dave Schofield, editor of BTSU. What's up, Dave? Oh, I'm just don't. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm yeah, exactly. I'm here having to talk about this game when it's just there's so many different things to feel about this game, and you almost don't even want to put them into words. But I guess that's what we're going to do for the next oh, I don't know 45 minutes to an hour. That's the plan, at least. Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer. What's going on, Brian? Hey, I am here. I am not on a ledge. I'm feeling somber because this is the last Ben Roethlisberger game. I'm feeling like I always feel when the Steelers are eliminated from Super Bowl contention. And I got to tell you, it's uh, it doesn't feel good, but there's not a, a surprise here. So no, hoping for I, a miracle didn't yeah. come. Yeah, I don't think anyone should be completely shocked, although I blame the Steelers. Uh, for keeping us thinking that there was a chance early on in the game with the no score after the first quarter. And then TJ Watt does TJ Watt things with Cam Hayward. And then, well, the doors fall off. But let's get Steel Dog 88. He gave us $20. Thank you very much, Steel Dog. He said, thank you, BTSC, for another great season of content. Got snow to plow in the morning. See you next week. 
Thank you, Big Ben. Hashtag. Thank you, Steel Dog, for the tip and all those people that have stuck with us this entire season. I guess it's an appropriate time to say we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we'll still be here uh, every week. You'll get our live podcasts on YouTube and Facebook, as well as all of our audio-only content like Dave Stat Geek, my Let's Ride podcast every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We're not going anywhere. So, um, But I love the ending to Steel Dog's uh, Super Chat where he said, thank you, Big Ben. Tyler W. gives us $7. If we had a chance in that game because we always had a chance with Ben. Thank you, number seven. Guys, I want to ask you real quick before we get into the nuts and bolts of this uh, game. Was there a proper send-off for Ben without them winning? Obviously, a win would have been the best. But, Dave, what do you think about the way Ben finishes out his career? I was half expecting Kansas City to call a timeout there with two seconds left and let him throw one more pass. But that that's not the way to do it either. Um it it was at least the Steelers going and, and throwing the ball at the end. I, I put on Twitter what will Ben's last pass be? How's you know, how's it going to end in that respect? But man, oh man, their their complete lack of offense is what really put them in the tough situation that they were in. And so at least at least you had a couple touchdown drives and an almost another one at the end uh, to, to go off of because if you had to end it on that first half, yikes. Last pass was a completion to Zach Gentry for, I believe, 11 yards about, to the three-yard line. There you go. <laughs> That'll be a Jeopardy question one day yep. for uh, on our show probably. Brian, what do you think about Ben's last game? It was Ben's last game because of the way that Ben had to end his career playing with that offense with those short passes with the entire thing he did not get to do Ben things because Ben things are kind of gone last year and this year they they don't if Ben is not coming from behind we're trying to come from behind that's that's the problem the play calling I mean did not do him in any favors. Deontay Johnson did him no favors. They could have scored in the first half and made this an interesting game, but by having your defense score the only points early until you get into garbage time until that game's over and they allow Ben to throw those passes, you know, at that point it's, it's a disappointment, but the last two years have been a disappointment. Yes, and let's get this uh, Tom, your $18 super chat up here. Thank you, Tom. He said, thank you, Ben. 18 years, never losing season, two-time Super Bowl champ, first ballot Hall of Famer. I think we can all agree that that is 100% accurate, uh, and we all want to say a big you know, thank you. But I, I feel like Ben did it the right way, and more, like I said, we're going to get into the numbers here in a second. I feel like Ben did it the right way. You know, he had his send-off at Heinz Field. He got that last win in Baltimore. Do you, do you feel like any of it? Do you feel like this was kind of cheapened at all, Dave, by the, like his send off being this, or do you think it was kind of appropriate? Uh, I'm a, I'm glad he got at least a chance to go out there and play one more postseason game and made the season. Um, you're like, like, wow, this team actually made it to the playoffs. But unless you win the Super Bowl, your last game in the playoffs is going to be a loss. Thirteen teams make the postseason. And they're going to end their season on a loss. It would have been really nice to see a little bit more fight, a little bit more offensive fight. But this has been this. 
the Steelers all season. And I don't know that people really understand. They're like, oh, they have to claw their way back in the end. And they're like, oh, the play calling's terrible, which I admit, the play calling is terrible. But also, I don't know how much the play calling can do because it feels like until the Steelers get down by so much that the other team backs off their pressure, does Ben actually have enough time to do Ben things? Other than that, he's just back there running for his life, you know? So I put it more on that. I'm sorry I got into that more. This that That's away from your question. But uh, it's just – I'm always going to remember that uh, that special Monday night um, in Heinz Field. That's, to me, that's going to be more the memory. This is just what's going on right now. Brian, you agree with Dave in regards to how, like, it was an appropriate finish to Roethlisberger's career? I have no clue what Dave just said, actually. <laughs> I, mean, I, um, I, I had a tr- hard time following that, and uh, there's no offense to that. I just thought, uh, you know what? They're, it's appropriate because they weren't – it goes back to the house money thing. It goes back to the fact that the Steelers really – we're outmatched in this game from the beginning. And like you said, Jeff kind of made us believe. So it, it would have been, I mean, would have it felt better if they got down to it? Like uh, Minnesota, the Minnesota game and you throw a pass in the end zone to tie it and, or to possibly tie it. And it, it gets knocked out. Is that going to feel worse? No, it's all going to feel bad. I think this, uh, he got his send off on Monday night. And in, like Dave said, unless you win the Super Bowl, you're you're not going to leave the field happy. But this is this is basically what Ben's career turned into the last year, maybe in 2020. After that 11 and 0 start, he had not a lot to work with. And when he did get the ball off, he threw some very good passes to Deontay Johnson, uh, the one the one to Chase Claypool that that. Uh, was knocked away, but he, he was throwing some good balls. It, it's not like he was terrible out there. Ben wasn't the problem as much. I thought that, like I said, I thought the play calling was awful. And Deontay Johnson was broken in Kansas city three weeks ago. And now his, I wonder how fragile his head is. We'll get into Deontay Johnson for sure. We will. Um, I, I felt like this game Early on, it was kind of like a boxing match where you know that there's a heavy underdog, smaller guy, and they get a couple punches in and they got him on the ropes. And you're thinking, oh, my goodness, could we actually have an upset in the making? And then it just all fell apart. It all fell apart. Uh, Let's get to Shield 91 gives us five dollars. Thank you very much, Shield. He said, thanks, boys, for a great season. Uh, I look forward to the offseason together. Man, am I a puddle of tears? Hashtag thank you, Big Ben. Uh, yeah, th- this game was definitely uh, tough to, I guess, wrap your head around, but we're going to continue with these Super Chats. Wilson Pava gives us nineteen ninety nine. He said, thanks for yet another great season. I'm glad we made it. I'm glad that we didn't lose to New England, Baltimore, Cleveland. I'm glad Ben got to do a few Ben things near the end. Michael Beck said it best, most exciting offseason for us for tire number seven. All right, it's going to be, I-, I use the word tumultuous, not maybe not <laughs> exciting, uh, but it is going to be a very interesting offseason uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mr. Jimbo 6789 gives us 799. I guess that's uh, dingo dollars. We got, we got to see Ben one more time. That's all I've ever wanted. Anyway, on to next season. Th- 
Thank you for your hard work at BTSC. Thank you very much, Jimbo. Uh, we've got a couple more to get to here. Justin uh, gives us $19.99. He says, thank you, gentlemen, for being there every week. Good, bad, and ugly. Appreciate all your amazing content. Hard to believe that's it for Ben. Not ready to turn the page yet. It's going to be different. That's that's. My, 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 I, just, I assume I'm the ugly. Uh, no, we, we, we know who's bad. So I guess, I guess Jeff, you're good and I'm ugly. Uh, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll go with that. There you go. Cask is 1999 says, thank you, Ben and BTSC. I'll miss number seven in his last couple games of the regular season made me shed some tears, but I'm looking forward to the off season podcast and looking ahead to a bright future with all these rookies. All right. So I think that's very appropriate. And thank you all for the tips. Thank you all for the kind words. All, all of us at behind the steel curtain.com work extremely hard. Um, and it is a labor of love for sure. Uh, it, it's it's weird that this is the way the season ends. Uh, no one thought we'd even be here talking about a playoff game, yet here we are. And so what we're going to do is what we always do, and that is look at the numbers. Let's start with Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger, who finishes the day 29 of 44, 215 yards, 4.9 average, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked twice for a 92.5 rating. So, gentlemen, let's talk about BTR one last time. Dave, what are your thoughts on Ben Roethlisberger? Well, it was the first time in Ben Roethlisberger's career where in the postseason he threw for less than 225 yards and the Steelers lost. Mm. Usually when he threw under that 225, they they were victorious because he wasn't having to carry them. There's a range in the middle there between 225 and I think uh, – 275 where they had wins and losses sprinkled in and then anything above 275 was all losses you know Ben's out there having to throw the ball over the field um but bottom line is he couldn't get to those numbers because what they do have eight yards passing in the first half he it's kind of hard to, to to go that high with that first half performance and I mean really that's what it comes down to all the all the garbage time yards and everything it's it's kind of irrelevant when you were that, that I mean, that was embarrassing. The, 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 the first half performance on the offense all around. And I'm not saying it's all on Ben. You've got receivers dropping balls. You've got, you've got players on not on the same page. I know someone had said to me, he's like, should they, should they run a little up tempo? I'm like, they're getting to the line quick. And they and and are reading the defense and communicating everything, and are still nowhere on the same page. If they go any faster, what makes you think they're going to be any more connected? They were just so disconnected that that was just that 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 it was the first half offense was terrible. But at least they salvaged a little bit something in the second half to at least make it feel like it wasn't a a, a forty-two to seven game. Brian, what are your thoughts on BTR? I did not think that he had a bad game. I really didn't. I hated the fact, oh man, I absolutely hated the fact that they deferred. Dave and I were talking about this before and we we get it. We not not deferred that they did not defer, excuse me. And we get it that if you come out strong and you can really shock this team, but come on. It hasn't it's hardly done. And you gave them an opportunity to uh score twice within two minutes at the end. You never gave Ben Roethlisberger a chance when you came out and you handoff, handoff. Okay, let's throw. I mean, you know, it's not working. And when, and man, I know we're not talking about him, but 
for tonight, I'm going to feel better about him tomorrow. But tonight, I hate Deontay Johnson because <laughs> they he really took away from what Ben was doing. And Ben could have had some new, li- new life there. And th- there could have been a point where they could have been up 14, 14 to nothing. And the Chiefs and things could have been completely different. But I thought Ben was decent. I, I thought Ben was what we've uh, – he was not awful Ben tonight. He was just Ben, 2020, 2021. Yeah, I mean, Roethlisberger, we, we have to talk about the play calling, which can be our next topic of conversation anyways. I felt that in the first half, it maybe not the first two drives, but after the first two drives, they were getting themselves into manageable down and distances. They were doing exactly what they had to do, and that is maybe like game three on first, three on second. Now you're in third and four. You just had to convert on those. You had some Deontay Johnson drops. All of a sudden, we saw the Todd Haley chuck it deep on third and two become a staple in this game for some reason. I'm not sure why. Uh, ben, I thought, executed the plays that were called. And I, I can't say, like Brian said, I didn't, I can't say that I'm putting the onus on him. Sure, there were some bad throws. Uh, every quarterback, I feel like, has bad throws in a game. And so, I, yeah. I didn't think this game was lost on Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think the offense was awful because of Ben Roethlisberger. There were a lot of issues uh, with this offense, but I don't think that Roethlisberger was one of those issues. Um, so, but let's, let's talk about the play calling. Actually, you know what, before we get to the play calling, I want to get this super chat up here before I lose it. Faceless man gives us four ninety nine. He said spilled milk. In other words, he's crying about spilled milk. Uh, but how was that receiver eligible touchdown reception on the third down, not OPI on TJ Watt, meaning the play where TJ Watt was thrown to the ground by the lineman. And then he goes out for a pass. How is that offensive pass interference? I kind of thought that that might've been a little sketchy to say the least. Uh, but Brian, Brian, do you want to comment on that? Yeah, I tweeted that out that, I mean, I did not know why that was an OPI. Uh, maybe because it was within the five yards, the mm-hmm. first five yards. I don't know. Um, that's my guess there, but it seems sketchy when you throw a guy down and next thing you know, you're like, Hey, because if that's, if that's done elsewhere, it might be tough, but within that, you have that Chuck roll. Yeah. Dave, you agree? Yeah. It's to me, it wasn't OPI. It was offensive holding because I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing in the rules that you can't drive a guy to the ground. But for a guy to be thrown to the ground, how do you, I mean, think about it. How do you throw someone to the ground without holding on to them? That's kind of my question. It's really difficult to do. So it just, just everything about that just didn't seem like it was up to what it was supposed to be. Yeah, no, it was a weird play. And it's just like he said, spilled milk. But at this point, I want to get back to the offense. That's what we always talk about first. Let's talk about the play calling. Uh do we put the onus on the play calling or do we also talk about a lack of execution when we're talking about drops to be Deontay Johnson, a ton of miscommunication between Roethlisberger and the receivers. Uh, Dave, we'll start with you. Where do you uh, put the onus for the lackluster offensive performance? Uh, honestly, I, as someone who kept wanting to give Matt Canada more of a chance and more of a chance, I'm just kind of done, you know, and I mean, it really could be that there was nothing more he could do because this offensive line is that bad. And you do have to put a lot of on the offensive line. I mean, how in the world does a defensive tackle 
line up between the center and the guard, and on a pass play, nobody touches him. Nobody touches him. He just comes straight in and kills your quarterback. I mean, that is just, I mean, that's bad communication. That's not knowing your responsibilities. That's just not, that's worse than just getting beat. That's just, you know, completely screwing up. I just felt like there's only so much you can do. I mean, poor poor Ben Roethlisberger is trying to keep the, te- the, 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 the team in the game early on with the offense. But between receivers dropping passes, I don't know if it was his decision or what to just keep chucking it deep on third down. Um, and then the offensive line that just seemed like they couldn't do anything. What, what more are you going to do? And I'm not saying that, that Ben is blameless in this either. But I would I would say, yes, the play calling was terrible, but – were they just trying to get by with as bad as the offensive line was and not get Ben killed early? I, I don't even know. Yeah. Brian, what do you think about the play calling? I thought it was absolutely horrendous early on. Like I said, you come out when you don't when you don't defer and you come out and you just have something that's not imaginative. It was basically it was almost like the uh the three yards in a cloud of dust on on uh, each play because you got two and you, you might have got another two uh, from Najee and then you're you're passing and all that chucking downfield like a, one of you said it Dave said it I think you just said it and then you mentioned give me flashbacks to the Todd Haley days when I mean I still man I still have night terrors from throwing a Sammy Coates um, on third and two against the Patriots in the AFC championship game. You know, it's just like that chucking on third and two every once in a while it works, but not enough for me. And the, if the idea is to extend the series, especially against a team like this, you, you can get those two yards, especially with the way Ben throws the football. And you almost saw it a few times, but we're going to talk about that when we talk about the receivers. Let's get Tyler W's $5 up here. He says, uh, at least we can stop the praise from for Morgan and the O-line coach. They were not prepared for this game. Let's talk about the offensive line since it gets brought up here. Thank you for the tip, Tyler. Uh, Dave, you're the offensive line guy. What do you thought? What are your thoughts about the trenches for the Steelers offense today? Uh, it was way below the line and this team has already set the line pretty low with what we expect from the offensive line. And it's just, I don't know that there's any one person that I'm going to blame it on. It just as a unit, it just didn't get done. You couldn't run the ball. You couldn't, you couldn't protect your quarterback. He couldn't have more than two seconds to throw anything that they did to try to confuse you worked, you know, bottom line is, you just can't get confused like that. You've got to know your responsibilities. And I mean, guys are stepping apart uh, apart from each other and leaving gaping holes for two players to run through. You just can't do those kind of things. Brian, what are your thoughts on the O-line? You know what? I am going to uh, not be Brian right now. I'm going to slap myself out of it and, and go back to being bad. And I'm just going to say this. I'm going to quote Major League and the great Lou Brown. What's with this Olay stuff? And that's basically what Trey Turner did to what Dave was talking about to get Ben killed on that one play. Trey Turner just did a swivel. 
It's like, Ole, come on in, my friend. Sack my quarterback. That's what it felt like to me. And I got to tell you, they got experience. That's fine. You, you need an overhaul. I'm not really concerned about Chris Morgan. I think he'll be, I mean, if he stays, I'm fine with that. It's it's not about it's not about the coach in the situation, as far as I'm concerned. It's about who you have on the field, and you don't have have the right guys you never ended up having the right guys as dave schofield talks about all the time this was supposed to be a team that had david de castro on it not trey turner this was a team that was supposed to have zach banner on it on the line and we saw nothing from zach banner so you're you know what the kansas city chiefs did last year after they got destroyed in the playoffs they got rid of almost everybody on that offensive line except one guy and they completely overhauled it. And that's a pretty good offensive line now after that overhaul because they were dreadful last year and Tampa Bay exposed them. That's what needs to happen here. Everybody loves Mike Munchak and everybody's going to find how to get Mike Munchak back. But you know what? Mike Munchak cannot make miracles with these men. Plain and simple. Well said by both of you. Very good. Let's go to Brad Jewett. Gives us nine ninety nine. Says, forget the game on behalf of all of us in the BTSC community. Thank you always for all the effort and sacrifices you take to provide us as fans an outlet to communicate through. Doesn't go unnoticed. Thank you, Brad, Thanks, Brad. for both the tip and the kind words. Um, it means I know it means a lot to uh, it means a lot to the three of us who put a lot of time and effort into this product on the podcast platform. Uh, let's see here. Steelers fans in New, in New England. I guess I guess it's New England. Says four ninety nine. Perfect comment about Turner. Bad. I guess he's referring to your uh, Roger Dorn and Lou Brown uh, in the Major League. Maybe I could go on and on. About I, think, about I, think, I, I think we needed that. <laughs> Come on, Dorn. All right. Anyways, uh, let's talk about the pass catchers. Actually, let's go to the running backs. Uh, Najee Harris, who clearly was not himself, 12 carries for 29 yards, a 2.4 average. Benny Snell, 2 for 15. Uh, Kalen Balaj, 4 for 13. They rushed for 56 yards on 20 carries. Um, is there anything to talk about? Najee Harris, like I said, clearly wasn't himself. Am I right? Dave, you agree or disagree? Yeah, he wasn't. And once once he had that first career fumble, which, man, that was that – was, it was pretty much a dagger before that, but that one really set it in, you know, in even further. Um, you could just tell, I mean, that he didn't feel confident like he had at other, you know, even in recent weeks, whether it was confidence in holding on to the ball, confidence and everything else. He just didn't seem um, to have the, the, the same. He just wasn't the same. I, I don't know if I can describe it more than that. Brian, what do you think? First of all, Najee was left out on an island on that play where he did fumble. I mean, horrible play call to, to come out there after you're down 21. I, I absolutely hated that. And, you know, Dave's right about everything there. And But as far as the running backs go, I did not think that Najee was as bad as I thought because he was fighting. He was fighting for yards. He was basically trying to run through a brick wall. And then you mm -hmm. saw Benny Snell Jr., which, mark it down, take a screenshot. 
I don't think he was bad. I thought he was actually pretty good. I know it was garbage time. I, I get that. And what like, he and Andy was their third option. They went to Bellage before him. Yeah. And they went to Bellage as well. I mean, so I don't have a problem with the running game from the running back side of the equation. I have a problem with the running game from the five up front. Yeah, no, I, I think that's very well put there. Um Benny Snell and Balaj, I thought represented them well themselves well in this game to the point that I don't think there should be a lot of complaining if the Steelers said we're going to keep the, these three as our stable for 2022. You're going to have Najee as the bell cow. You have Benny Snell coming off the bench. Balaj could play as well. I, I wouldn't have a problem with that if they decide to go out and get mm-hmm. someone. I'm not again. That's fine. But if they decide to stick with it, I'm okay with that too. I didn't think the running backs were horrible. The offensive line wasn't opening any holes either. Andrew Palladino, nine in, he gives us nine ninety nine. My West Virginia pal, he says it was a huge pleasure to uh, to share this season with you three. What this team looks like in the coming years, who the heck knows? I'm nervous but excited for the future. Thank you, BTSE hashtag Big Ben and hashtag Almost Heaven. Thank you, Andrew, for the tip. We appreciate it. Like I said, he's from West Virginia as well, so that's the Almost <laughs> Heaven part. If in case you didn't get that, and you know, not from around here, um, love it the, around these parts. All right, let's go to the wide receivers now. Uh, James Washington led the Steelers in receiving yards. Two catches, 37 yards, an 18.5 average, and a touchdown. He was targeted three times. Deontay Johnson was targeted 10 times, five catches, 34 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Zach Gentry, four catches on four targets, 33 yards. Juju, five on eight targets for 26. Chase Claypool, three uh, for seven targets on t- for 25. Fryermuth four on five targets for 25 Ray Ray two for two targets and 20 Benny Snell two for two for 16. Oh my God. That's a long list of people that caught passes. What do you think about the pass catchers? Dave, we'll start with you. Well, they didn't catch the ball enough early. I mean, I don't want to put it on Deontay Johnson, but it was pretty much Deontay Johnson. Um, not on the same page. Uh, Chase Claypool. It was another one. You know, Ben wanted to throw him those long passes even the one you're like, oh, they they made a nice play. They got their hand in there and knocked it away. Why is he trying to, to, to catch the ball in his stomach? Why isn't he doing what James Washington showed us on his two receptions of going up and high-pointing the football above, above the receivers? Now, maybe they weren't thrown exactly where he could do that, but, but uh, it seems like too much. He wants the ball to get into his body. Um Deontay Johnson, I think it's more that he doesn't do as well as the season gets cold, you know, because it's more towards the end of the season, it seems like, in the last two seasons. Um, I could be off there. I'd have to go back and check those numbers. Um, I mean, they they caught the ball and got yards and fought for first downs when it didn't matter, when the game was basically over. So it's kind of makes you feel a little bit better about it, but, you know, you can't erase that first half. Brian, what do you think about the pass catchers? Same old story. I liked, I actually liked what Juju did for, I, I did not catch his numbers from you guys. What Can you tell me what they were again? Five receptions on eight targets for 26 yards with a seven mm. yard long. Mm. Okay. You know, I, I like the fact that a man with a, a shoulder that was just repaired came in and fought and did what he did. I saw a block on one play um, from Juju. So he wasn't, Juju was gravy. He was supposed to be gravy, but the guys that were supposed to really set the pace and set the tone were Deontay Johnson and Clay and Chase Claypool. 
Dave Schofield, once again, I, I feel like I'm waxing Dave's car. You might might as well bring it over tomorrow and I'll, I'll wax it up because I, <laughs> In the I, snow? I really sure. Feel, yeah, <laughs> sure. I mean, I, I, I feel like he's right on target on this stuff. And, uh, you know, they, Claypool, go up, do this, mm. not this. And Dave just said it. Mm. And if you're listening to it, I'm putting my hands in the air and then putting my hands to, to the, my belly. You know, I just, I, I see limited fire in him and I want to see it come out. And I don't know where the disconnect is. Not saying throw any of these guys away. Deontay Johnson had a great year, but when he had no drops until the Kansas City game in, in week 16, and when he gets, I feel there's some fragility there. I, I think he's Italian. He's fragility because when something goes wrong with him, I think it gets in his head. He, he gets the, and if you're a fan of Ted Lasso, you're not supposed to say this word. He gets the yips. And that's exactly what happened. And it seemed like he had the yips today with dropping the passes. He should not be below 50%. He should be at 70, 80%. And he's just, I mean, they needed him today. He could have made a difference in this game. So I am throwing a lot of snowballs at this guy right now. I'm throwing a lot of rotten to tomatoes at this guy right now. But I I would be hanging my head if I was at 18 right now. I know we caught a touchdown pass. But not being able to get stuff done early was because of key drops on third down. Something might have changed. I don't know. There's so much blame to go around. But Deontay, I mean, if I had to give a goat and not greatest of all time, if I had to give a dud, it's Deontay today. It's crazy how the narrative surrounding the Steelers receivers has changed. I mean, you think about coming into the season, it was considered a strength and how it could withstand the loss of someone like Juju Smith-Schuster. And it's not that they didn't. But boy, it's, is it a question mark heading into the offseason? You know, Chase Claypool, what is he actually going to be in going into year three? Deontay Johnson going into his final year of his rookie contract. James Washington is an unrestricted free agent. Um, it just And Juju Smith-Schuster is an unrestricted free agent as well. And so you're, you're wondering what exactly is this going to look like in 2022? But to wrap this offensive side of things up... Um, Takaharu, $5 tip, says, Dave, which O-lineman uh, gives, given the chance, do you dump first? So you look at the offensive line. Trey Turner will be a unrestricted free agent after the season. So will Chooks Akora for. Uh, but if you had a chance, Dave, to give someone the ax, what are you doing? All right. You know what? I'm going to make this quick. I'm going to run. I'm going to run through the whole thing. Okay, I'm basically right now with this offensive line, the only two people that I'm I'm really counting on for next year as starters. Um, and and it's and it would be even better if, if other people could knock them off. But believe it or not, is Dan Moore Jr. and Kevin Dotson. Beyond that, I'm building a, around it. Kendrick Green can stick around his depth, and if he can improve, he can get himself into the starting lineup. People were thought of everything was great with JC Hassar the last three weeks. Not me. I'm okay if he's gone. John LeGlue, he can stick around and maybe give you some depth at guard, but he's not going to be a guy that if you have to call on him to start, you're in trouble. And that's the problem with keeping too many of these guys like a half an hour. You think maybe you can count on them in a pinch, and really all it's doing is bringing you down. You know, Trey Turner, thank you for your year. Um, 
go find what you can do. Chooks of core four. Uh, we're not paying you to stick around and and be a backup because that's what you're that's what you need to be in order for this line to be better. Uh, Dan Moore Jr. has more upside to him. And last but not least, Zach Banner. I'm sorry, you're just not worth the five million dollars for next year. Yeah, I mean, and Joe Hedge under contract, he can be the depth of tackle. Five million, you said, Dave. Yep, five. They would say five million if they cut Zach. Yeah, Banner. you're you'd be paying a guy that's a tackle eligible player five million dollars. I just don't buy into that. But but what about you, Brian? Uh, you uh gonna cut any of the anyone else are you keeping someone that dave said he was gonna get rid of i'm probably keeping hassenhauer like dave said for depth maybe if you have to because you can't get rid of everybody i get what he's saying about Hag. you know how i feel about chooks i love the personality of banner but you know personality is uh for stand-up comedians and and for dates it's not for your football team so really and dave's right you can't spend the money on this they've got they have money in free agency they're going to they're going to bring somebody in on the line they're going to go ahead and uh draft somebody probably high on the offensive line it's that's got to be done Look at what Cincinnati did last year. And somebody asked me in the live chat, how did uh, Kansas City do it? Hey, they brought some guys in in free agency. They drafted two guys. And they drafted two guys smart. They got a steal with uh, the one kid from Tennessee. Trey, I think it's Trey Smith. They got a steal with him in the sixth round. And they, uh, they got Creed Humphrey after the Steelers passed on Creed Humphrey. And which I'm not complaining about that because I, I like Fryermuth. I'm I'm fine with that. What what they did last year, what the Steelers did last year in the draft, it was a good plan, but it did if it worked, it it didn't work with Kendrick Green there. I'm keeping Kendrick Green around. I am like Dave. I am counting on Dan Moore Jr. I thought the experience that he got today and this entire year is going to help this guy. He reminds me of John Jackson. Um Number another number 65 who was undrafted, and uh, even though this guy wasn't undrafted, it's a guy that uh, I think you can see him around for a while and and really make it count. But they they got to address it, and that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to be hell bent, but you almost have to clean house there. Um, those two are a good place to start, and the Laglues and the Hassenhowers and the Hags, fine. You know, keep them around because you you need pieces. You you need guys there to start in a pinch. One of those. I mean, if you start a Hague, uh, while while you have a rookie, uh, you know, redshirting or or learning learning the ropes, that might might help too. But the banners, the chooks, they got to go. All right, let's go. With Ryan O'Toole gives us five dollars. Says, "What what do you guys do about quarterback in twenty twenty two? Thanks for another great season." Uh, well, Ryan, you, you put in the money. We're going to answer the question. I was going to try to steer away from looking too much into the future. We'll have a lot of podcasts on that coming <laughs> yes, up. Yes, we will. Uh, but uh, Dave, we'll throw it to you to answer Ryan's question. What do you think is going to be the answer of quarterback in 2022? Uh, I mean, they. I I still think you're – if I had to bet, even though he's an unrestricted free agent, I think you see Josh Dobbs in camp. As you, obviously, you're going to see Mason Rudolph there. I don't know if they'll bring Haskins back or not. I, if they do, to give him a chance, that's fine. But I think 
I mean, if you don't address that issue in free agency, then you have to go in, in into it in the draft, knowing that you're going to. And I'm not talking about a day three pick either, you know. But I'm not saying that you also you're not you might not be picking high enough to draft your next guy either. But you're going to need something, and I'm okay if they address it in free agency. Um, and it doesn't have to be a huge splash free agents free agency quarterback. But bottom line is maybe you see what you can do in March. And if you can't, then you have to try to answer in April, meaning the draft. Yeah. What do you think, Brian? First of all, the Ian Rappaport yo report. I know you didn't see it because he blocked you a long time ago, Jeff. And that's a good thing. <laughs> Moron. Um, you know, and throwing that out today, I thought was irresponsible as well. Look, yeah, we get it. And nobody thinks that Russell Wilson's coming in or Aaron Rodgers via trade where you could draft somebody. I don't know if I love, I love these guys in this draft, including Kenny Pickett, everybody who loves Kenny Pickett. Yeah. He's from Pitt. I, I, he's fool's gold. So all I'm saying is, if you can draft a guy and you can find a way to get the right guy, and if it is, a, if you think it's a picket, if you think it's a Riddler, a Ritter, <laughs> a Riddle, whatever his oh, name, oh. Riddle me this from Cincinnati. Um, if you think it's somebody like that, that's fine. You might see the Steelers go with a guy like Rudolph, and people aren't. Some people aren't going to like that. You might see the guy them bring in a uh, low-tier free agent like a true lock. You might see them bring in a guy like Case Keenum, which I would have a field day and love that, <laughs> but not a lot of people would, even though he's better than Baker Mayfield. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're going to go out and try to trade for a guy, maybe trade for a guy like Derek Carr if you're going to make a trade for anybody because he's got one year left. And I know they're talking about his plans. You never know what's going to happen there. That's the one guy that uh, I would I like as Moxie. I think he's a butt, but because uh, I hate him in his interviews and what he said about the immaculate reception. But I mean, I would bring a guy like that in. But it might for 2022, it might be low key, and that might be okay because if if I have to decide. Who I'm going to fix this year, what position I'm going to fix this year, it's offensive line, then it's offensive line again. Mm-hmm. Wilson Pava gives us a dollar ninety nine. He said, Names, Dave. I, I would really like to answer this. Okay. Go first ahead. of all, I am going to say something else. Brian's right because I said it last year. What quarterback wants to come and play behind this line? You've got to fix this line. Now, if a quarterback has a lineman or two that they want to bring with them, that's fine. But you want to say names? The season freaking ended and not even an hour and a half ago. I don't look at that crap until the season's over. I don't know who's free agents, and I don't think they're going to trade because why would you want to invest all this, all your draft capital for someone that you have to still trade to bring in? I don't, I just don't see trading as an option. I think it's free agents, and I don't even know who's available right now. But you know what? That's what we start to dive into now that the season's over. There you go. There you go. So, all right. Um, let's uh, go to the defensive side of the ball. The defense is, gave up 42 points. I want to say it's like the third straight playoff game where they've surrendered more than 40 points. Um, yeah, it's just a strange game because they were on the field so much. Terrell Edmonds led the Steelers with six total tackles. Six solo. Minka Fitzpatrick right behind him with six total. And so did Jay, Joe Hayden. 
had six tackles. It's not good when your secondary is leading your team in tackles. We'll put it that way. But let's start with Patrick Mahomes. He finishes 30 of 39, 404 yards passing, a 10.4 average, five touchdowns, one interception. That was the TJ Watt deflected pass. It was intercepted by Devin Bush, was sacked three times for a 138.3 rating. Now, when I'm looking at the pass rush, like I said, the Steelers did have three sacks. Alex Highsmith had one. TJ Watt had one. And Montrevious Adams had one. Uh, quarterback hits. TJ Watt had three. Highsmith one. Adams one. Wormley one. And Taco Charlton was credited with a quarterback hit for seven hits. So, gentlemen, when you're looking at the Steelers defense, mainly the pass rush, this is weird. Either they did get to him and they did hit him, but it clearly wasn't enough. Uh, Dave, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, my thoughts on that. Bottom line is this defense should have done enough to to put this team in a really good spot at the half. They held them on the first five possessions. That should be a half right there. But instead, they had, there was three more possessions after that because of the completely inept offense. So... That's something. I mean, even even when the special teams didn't come through and set the defense up in a bad position already in field goal range, they came up with the takeaway early. This defense came out fighting and inspired early, and they had no backing from the rest of their team. And they just and it just they couldn't they couldn't keep it up more than what they could. They weren't getting the help. You knew eventually Kansas City's going to get points on you. I mean, other than you know Tennessee holding them to three this season. That's just what's going to happen eventually, especially the way they're playing now, that they were going to put up a couple touchdowns. But you weren't even showing any sign of life otherwise. So, yes, the defense completely broke down as it went on. But, my goodness, you just gave them so many opportunities to to take advantage of you. Brian, what are your thoughts on the offense in regards to also the pass rush since we talked about those statistics? You know, when you flush – Patrick Mahomes out. It's very rare that he's going to make a mistake. My God. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. 
Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.